handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. everybody to another episode of the righteous perk podcast i'm your host jl covan it is 12 19 p.m eastern on monday september 12th in the year of our lord 2022 i have uh just finished a cup of green tea with a chocolate croissant from starbucks the rest of the diet is planned for today and it's healthy but i decided to treat myself instead of dark chocolate and walnuts which feels like nature taking a shit in your mouth I thought, let's have a flaky pastry with some chocolate in it with my green tea while I read uh, at my very diverse Bloomfield, New Jersey, technically Glen Ridge, New Jersey, Starbucks. Um, Lots of people of different races. And a new addition to the uh, Starbucks is the guy who looks like he was part of the white supremacist gang that did a bunch of murders in the later seasons of Breaking Bad. And I was like, you know what? That's true diversity. You can't just have black women and Latin men and white women and biracial comedy geniuses filling up your Starbucks. Sometimes you need a guy who does enforcement work for a, a meth cartel. And that's what he, he seems very nice. He seems like he gives, he has a neck tattoo, which when you're a white man over, over 60 with a neck tattoo, that is maybe it's not a red flag because maybe you're beyond red flags. It's more of a like, Back in the day, this I was a red flag, but he, he he gives off a vibe. He's very friendly to everybody, friendly to all genders and creeds and colors um, in there. Um, so he gives off more of the vibe of like, after I r- raped and murdered my aunt in 83, um, I did a bit of 25 years where I found the Lord and knew, and, and knew um you know, just a new path, uh, a more enlightened path. And and that's a good thing that that second part, not the rape and murder of his aunt, but the, the part after is is a good redemption story. One day after the prodigal son gospel at mass. So how about that? Um, quick plugs, obviously, uh, if you're anywhere near York, Pennsylvania, 
Uh, the ticket link is now up on my website, uh, but I am headlining. Got Chris Lambert, friend of the show, friend in real life, is uh, opening for me at this small theater that I got booked at in uh, York, Pennsylvania. That's Friday, October 14th, I think 7.30 p.m. So the ticket link is now up on my website if you are a central Pennsylvania person. Um, I know I had plenty of people in Harrisburg, and I don't think that's too far from Harrisburg, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully you can make the show. And if you're a black guy who tips universe, the the B, the B, G, W, T, P, U, the black guy who tips podcast universe fan, then this is double the reason to come out to the show. Uh, so that ticket link is up. And uh, to any of my greater Detroit, southern Michigan uh, fans... Which I know there are plenty, but haven't seen a lot of them in the algorithm, which is which is always fun. They were got got twenty five requests for Detroit in twenty twenty, and I don't think any of those people see my posts anymore. But I will hunt them down using the search function and give them the ticket link when it's up. But November eleventh and twelfth, Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase headlining there for three shows. Uh, can't wait. Have been dying to get back there. Um, Ann Arbor, as I've said. Uh, when I was there for the first time headlining in 2019, I, um, all I could think was, wow, if I had actually visited this place the way, you know, for law school, the way you visited colleges, like law school is more of like, I mean, it's just, it's business, it's business training. So it doesn't matter where I am. Uh, Michigan's ranked higher than Georgetown, but Georgetown being in DC, it's just sort of, it's got a different cachet, I think, than Michigan. And I had been in a small college town, so I was like, well, Michigan would be nice, but I want to be in like a city city. I want to get back to a city. So I loved, I loved D.C. I hated law school. I'm sure I would have hated it in Michigan. But I got to say, after visiting Ann Arbor, I was like, man, uh, got to say, in a different life, maybe I would have gone to Ann Arbor. Now, my, my then girlfriend was a medical student at Ohio State, so she wanted me to go to Michigan. And I think the writing was on the wall when I was like, hmm. But if I go to Michigan, then all I have is Michigan and a bus ride to Ohio State. And then I'm really locked in here, like a cell phone contract. Uh, my, my college law school girlfriend was wonderful. Um, but there was definitely some, some trepidation about that because it was the higher ranked school also. So it's hard not to read a little bit into that. Like, mm. Though I do like the idea, I did like taking the train back and forth from home. Not, I didn't commute. I obviously lived in D.C., but it was nice to be like a three-hour train ride from, from New York whenever I wanted to be back um, and, and weep at how much I hated law school. Um, but, yeah, different life. Maybe I'm in Ann Arbor and I, you know, just become a town lawyer, put up a shingle, you know, have numerous affairs with, with grad students and the occasional older, more discerning undergrad. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding, guys. So uh, back to Ann Arbor, but I don't have the ticket link yet. And it's uh, it's always a tough thing for some reason to get ticket links from clubs. It's like, you got to sell tickets. Okay, would love to. Can you get me a ticket link? Uh, I'll reply to this email in three to five weeks. Okay. Uh, hard to sell tickets when there's literally no way for someone to buy tickets. Just, just a, It's a small thing. Um, but you know, hopefully we get a ticket link to that soon. And then those are the only gigs I have. I'm doing Pete Dominic asked me to do a, a fundraiser in West Nyack. I don't know if it's going to be at uh, levity live or if it's just in some other theater or hall or something, but a democratic fundraiser on October 15th. So when I get home from the York PA gig, I get to go 
to that. And I don't know the terms of it. I don't know if I'm volunteering my time uh, or if I'm getting an honorarium. An honorarium would be nice just for the time and travel. I don't need it to be uh, up to my usual 20K per, per private gig uh, uh, amount. But uh, uh, did I, I, and by the way, 20K means a pack of 20 Kit Kats. I hope you didn't think I meant $20,000. No, my rate is 20, 20 Kit Kats is how much I get paid for a private gig. It's good to be back home in failed mediocrity. That is what my comedy career is saying right now. But those are the only gigs on the calendar. Um, I'm going to be emailing for gigs soon, but I've held off because obviously um, I keep hoping that um, I will have new news on um, Half Blackface. But uh, as I wrote on Patreon, uh, this will be the last time I mention Half Blackface on this podcast um, because uh, I need to sort of start thinking in terms of, you know, uh, I need to leave some legal options open, I guess. And I'd rather not create any more of a record than I have, but, uh, I need to start, uh, thinking about, uh, maybe getting a lawyer, um, because it's reached the point where, you know, I've been tiptoeing for many, 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 many months, um, because I'm dealing with, um, entities, uh, that are connected to things like clubs and, and other bigger entities that I want to work with and want to make money from. And at this point, however, it's starting to feel like my career is over and the, the help that was supposed to be provided, like that, that the plan, the plan A and then the plan B for my special have both fell through and by no fault of my own. Um, just, just a combination of ineptitude and, and frankly, you know, disrespect may seem like a, like an active thing. Like somebody has to actively disrespect you, but sometimes people can show such uh, little attention to your work that it is by default disrespectful. And this has been, obviously I've lamented this and I'd rather not bore you anymore with it. And I'd rather not create any more, uh, content around it. Um, because, you know, I'm getting to a point where I, I think I'm going to need at least to consult a lawyer for advice, for counsel, and for, for interpreting certain things. But, you know, I, I leave open the option of, you know, at some point, this this was going – this there's no guarantees, clearly, in this business. You can become famous and still not get a, a, an agent or a manager. You can um, be an excellent comic and not get your emails returned from clubs for even C-list C clubs. So – Clearly, this business is a very um, – until you reach a certain pla a certain level, it is really very random, unfortunately. But I had multiple strategies for the special, and obviously um, at a critical juncture, I was lied to. Um, and now I'm getting uh, sort of nothing. So it becomes a sort of – Okay, well, well, if my career is over, then 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 it's not really bridge burning. If my if if somebody stole my like, if the destination is no longer there, then is it really bridge burning? You know, if I'm not going to the destination, then then what what is a like what good is the bridge anyway? Um, but it's just uh, I I'm uh, this is it. You know, you guys, if you've been bored listening to this, you know, the next time you hear from me on on the special will be hopefully just 
an announcement of some kind, either where it's going to be or where you can purchase it or rent it or whatever. But it's this is it for that because it's not great podcasting anymore, if it ever was. And it's, uh, you know, I, I need to sort of be smart now going forward about um, how I approach this because um, for so long I've, I've treated this business as, as a handshake sort of thing. And I, I often almost invariably get the middle finger. So it's time to take this, uh, you know, to be more of a lawyer comedian than a comedian lawyer. And, uh, but it's, it's a real, um, it's a real shame because, uh, you've, you've hurt me. You hear how negative I can be, how realistic I can be, how, how down on myself. I was down on myself, like, like nobody's business after the second taping, because I thought it was not what the first one was. But then I saw an edit and realized that a lot of that was clouded by my regrets and anger over the first taping. So I was the rare ecstatic after the first taping. But then after some time and seeing the second taping, I was like, you know what? No, this is only a few people will know the difference. Those were the, those are the people who were at the first taping. And I think there's new material in the second taping that will, will make those first people laugh their asses off. But all in all, anybody who didn't know is just going to go, Jesus Christ, this is, this is a strong as fuck special. This is like really good. I can see why JL was pissed. Um, but now it's like, if, if this were like a Hollywood movie, I guess I'd be more understanding of like, well, you know, you, you got greenlit in 2015 and then nine, six people bought it and it got canceled and then a director died. And the, but this, this should have been out twice by now. Like the second, it's, it's even late in the game for the second taping. That's what's really disappointing. So I just have to see where where to go and get some advice um, on on you know there's no guarantee but but I do know that damage has been done to my career from this maybe only a little bit like that's the thing is it had I been able to release this and not been lied to and released it in February right with billions and had a publicist kind of do a, a, a just a total reboot of my image and reach that hundreds of thousands of new people. With a, with a stand-up comedian who also happens to be the Trump impersonator? Maybe. Maybe that would have been huge. Maybe that would have been exactly what my career needed, and, and I'd be in a totally different place right now. But of course, that's not guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is if the special never comes out, I certainly can't make any money and do any publicity and grow or expand or even maintain the career that I that I want and hope to have. So... That's the update. That's your final update on it. And the next time you hear from me on it will be, hey, it's out. Or, hey, the case is going to the Supreme Court. <laughs> um, yeah, so beyond that, it's just, it's, uh, you know, as you can imagine, that's it's a very frustrating time because I don't have a lot of gigs. Um, I blew my whole, I, I've run through the whole story. So the point is, um, I think I'm going to take... Uh, the rest of this month off from Righteous uh, PK because I, I have nothing really of, of value to, to share. Um, obviously, I can come up with funny ideas and like, hey, what about this? Isn't this fucking... But, you know, half the time I, I veer into depressing shit. Half the time I'm like a manic, hilarious person. And then the other times, you know, you just sort of... I drag everybody down. So um, I'm in the office three days a week now starting tomorrow when you're listening to this starting Tuesday. So, you know, I think that'll be probably good just to get me out of the, out of the comedy space. Uh, 
um, because there's really nothing going on in my in my comedy career, which is, you know, it pains me to say every time because it's it hurts because I feel like a failure, but it also hurts because it's so fucking perplexing how how I've made nothing out of so much. So, um, you know, and, and the special, a lot hinged on the special. I'm not going to lie, like in terms of my mood, and, and that's not healthy, but a lot was riding on it because I had, I had put all my eggs in one basket. Now, the thing is, I didn't, as I've said repeatedly, I didn't think I had to put my eggs in one basket. I thought I had like five different fucking successful baskets, but they've all, they're all nothing. You know, my acting career probably will be one episode of Billions and that's it. My comedy career will be, you know, six to seven albums that very few people have bought. Um, you know, my legacy will be, I did a funny video in 2020. Like, and that's fine. That's more of a legacy than I had before 2020. But it's like, you look back and you just go, oh, okay. Like, no matter how much I produced, no matter how good I was, no matter, like, I'm just sort of, you, I can't make somebody sign me. I can't make my fans better comedy fans. I can't make comedy clubs reply to my emails. Like, I can just do the best I can and hope. But, you know, hope is... Half Blackface has done very good work. If if, if I'm not supposed to be, if, if God or fate or, or whatever is not doesn't want me to be a comedian, then then the the, the half blackface experience has truly been God's God's work. Um, because it is it has drained uh desire, uh passion, uh happiness, purpose from me. I don't mean to say everything, but it really you know, it took me it took me seven years to sort of come to grips with that comedy wasn't going to work out for me because I, I was such a firm believer in, in the opportunities I'd made for myself and the skills that I had developed and the, the volume of material I had. And it took a long time, but it, I got there. I moved to Jersey. I took a job at another, uh, at a law firm. And it was just like, I guess, you know, I can do this as a hobby now. It took a long time to get there, but you know what? I have, there's other things to worry about in life and to care about and to do. And 2020 kind of just hit me right in the gut, like in a good way. And I was like, holy shit, I, I guess I'm in a, better place comedically and it's just it's, it's not happened and um i'm i'm dumbfounded i guess in, in in my best mood i'm i'm perplexed and dumbfounded in my worst moods i'm i'm fucking rage filled and heartbroken and that's why i'm going to take the rest of this month off for this podcast now patreon is much more um laser guided in terms of positive content so there will be uh you know consider this uh, if you haven't joined or if you're, you know, your, your credit card lapsed every month, there's like a few people who fall off and then like join back two days later when they're like, oh, whoops, when they maybe try to access stuff. But um, that stuff's good. Uh, I, um, what do you call it? Uh, this month, there'll be another book review, another episode of Mitch McConnell's Cooking, my Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon recaps. I just posted uh, the new one for this week's episode on, on the Patreon. There's, and there, uh, I did do a Donald Trump reviews the movie Pinocchio on Disney Plus, which I think is probably it's definitely one of my best Trump videos ever. And it's certainly my best movie review ever. So um, I think so. Uh, that's that's all fun stuff for for four bucks. If, if you do the lowest level, you basically get everything except the live chat. So if you're if you're missing me this month or, or you've been meaning to get to it or you're just curious or, or whatever, uh, you know, join up now and you won't sort of miss 
anything this month because there'll be plenty of, of stuff there. And it's almost uh, almost entirely positive uh, and fun, mostly because I'm not talking about myself. So that's helpful. Um, so that's that. And obviously making podcasts great again, my, my show with, uh, with uh, Jay um, Nog, uh, that, that, that will be up every week, of course, for as long as we're doing it, which that's another thing that um, hinged on half blackface because I, I wanted the choice of continuing it or not. And as if my special comes out, then I know I'm reaching all the fans of that show directly instead of hoping that I can reach them through Twitter or Facebook, which is usually ineffective. So I've been doing that show for, I'd say, seven more months than I wanted to at the far end because I thought, I thought February of 2022 would be the time where I could make a decision. I could be like, okay, the special came out. It blew up. Don't need to keep doing Making Podcasts Great Again, but want to, or don't need to and don't want to, or um, don't want to keep doing comedy because the special flopped or sucked or something, you know, just, just, or that was poorly received, whatever the case may be. Uh, I had a, you know, choose your own adventure sort of thing. And now I'm just sort of stuck in, in limbo. Um, okay. That's enough depressing talk. Um, I did, did I review, did I review? No, I only reviewed it for, I don't remember. I'm doing so much in a weird way that I'm losing track of stuff. I guess I talked about it on the Patreon, but I saw the movie, uh, Barbarian in the theater, which was, which was pretty good. It's a pretty, it's, it's a very solid horror movie. Well done. Um, original, like it's, it's a good, it's a good film. Um, you know, if, if seven years from now we're at Barbarian five, like we're in trouble, but Barbarian was, was actually good. And I, I liked Pinocchio on Disney plus and I saw the critics destroying it. I was surprised. And I think I was just in the mood for like something light and fun. And I think visually it's really good. It wasn't as creepy as I thought it was going to be from the, pre from like those short previews I'd seen, but I liked Pinocchio on Disney plus the new one and, uh, and Barbarian if you're a theater goer, but I can't remember if I said that. I think I said that on the Patreon, so I apologize. Uh, well, if you're not a Patreon person, then this is new news. <laughs> um, but if you are, then sorry. And thank you. Um, let's see. I, I guess I guess that's, that's really it. I don't think there's anything more to report. You know, basically on my calendar is just the Patreon stuff and work, like day job work. So maybe that'll be good. Uh, get me out of the house, get me doing, doing other shit, get a little more discipline in my daytime. Um, I'm trying to think and I, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to drag this on. I'm just, I'm legitimately trying to think. I don't want to double over. I want to like, if people want to join the Patreon, like there's good stuff there. I don't want to like spend my time just repeating the Patreon, but, um, I think that's it. I don't think this is going to be funny, but it's going to be short. So that's, um, the opposite of me. You know, short and unfunny. Uh, is there anything else? What did I do? Oh, the U.S. Open. Do you want to hear about that? Nobody wants to hear. I did a lot of funny posts on social media at the U.S. Open. But I actually went uh, to two sessions of the U.S. Open over Labor Day weekend, as we do. That's I think I described. Yeah, I talked about that from the hotel. Um, I got to see uh, uh, Carlos Alcaraz versus... Uh, Oh, wait, I saw Alcaraz twice. Jesus. I saw Alcaraz versus Chilich. 
Is that what I watched? I'm, I'm losing my mind. I don't even remember. I think it was Alcaraz Chilich, but it was a very late match. So we left like halfway through and caught the end of it at the, at the hotel. Was that what the fuck happened? I don't know. And then I watched the Alcaraz Sinner match, which is like one of the greatest matches in tennis history. And I think it's been great. It's been truly great for tennis, the US Open this year, because you had like Djokovic and, and Federer not there, which isn't great, but it's, you know, it's great if you if you need to build up the future of, of men's tennis. And Nadal got beat by Francis Tiafo, who's an American, like a black American male tennis player is a big deal because that's going to kind of kind of generate, you know, we're obviously a huge market and, and as a sort of, you know, rarity in terms of demographics, he, he will generate, he did generate tons of excitement. So if he can stay a competitive like top 12 to 15 player, if not better, that's good for tennis. You know, you, you'd like to see him win one um, or two or three. Uh, he's young. He's 24, very athletic, very, very strong player. Um, but he lost to Alcaraz uh, in five sets. But I went to that matchup. I decided to buy the uh, – this I did talk about on the bonus. But I think I talked about it right before leaving. So, spoiler, Alcaraz beat Tiafo. Michelle Obama was in the house. That was cool. Um it's the one complaint I have about the U.S. Open. The tennis is great. The grounds are great. The food is great until they run out of it. And then they start serving like Wonder Bread as a hot dog bun. If you see my picture on social media, I said the tennis is fire, but the food has become fire festival. Um, but it was uh, uh, great, incredible tennis. Um, I was annoyed at how few, you know. Obviously, there are plenty of Euro people rooting for Alcaraz, and he is the next big thing. But to me, it was like these three white dudes sitting in front of us, Americans, like Upper East Side, eye-banking dudes out for, for some tennis. God, they were rooting. so like, And I don't mind if you're rooting for Alcaraz, but it was just like, really, you're not even like, – like I would clap for some Alcaraz plays because he's amazing. But like I would also be pumped for Tiafo, And I was rooting for Tiafo as a patriot. And these guys were like so bummed whenever Tiafo had a good play. And I'm like, Alcaraz is 19 and has never won a major. It's not like you've been fa- – if it was Nadal, like I'd be torn because I'm like, I, well, Nadal's like my favorite player. Like he's been a superstar for 17 years. So there's a lot more history and bonding there as a fan of the sport. But it was like Alcaraz, no matter how great he's going to be and how what path he's on – it's not like you've been like, oh, I've been an Alcaraz fan since since 2010. No, you, at best you've been a fan for like a year. And Tiafo is like historic, like for Americans tennis, it's been such a struggle that I'm just like, so of course I started suggesting like, mm-hmm, probably MAGA guys, you know, like tax, tax and immigration MAGA guys or tax and uh, tax and tax MAGA guys who are like, I don't, you know, Trump is funny, I don't agree with everything he says, but like I agree with his economics. And it's like, you think those are his economics? And um, and they were just like, they would look at each other when Tiafa would get a big point, like, oh, no. And I'd be like, oh, no, what, you unpatriotic, possibly racist sons of bitches? And then he lost. And I was like, God. So I, ha- I was rooting against Alcaraz in the finals and that because of those guys. I was like, I don't want to support the, the candidate of Upper East Side, Lower My Taxes, MAGA Party. Um and that guy Rude from Norway, what is he, the next Bjorn Bjorg? He looks like a young, sexy Christoph Waltz. 
And he was, I mean, he was legit. He almost, I mean, if he had taken that second, that third set, he lost a tiebreaker and then he got kind of smoked in the fourth set for the most part. But man, if he had taken that third set and it had at least been a five setter, I felt like the match deserved five sets because it was so competitive for the first three sets. Um, but he lost 3-1. But he was impressive too. Alcaraz just kind of has more of a overall just, he combines all the skills with speed and power. And and Rude seems to be like super skilled and also very calm. Like Alcaraz was losing his cool a little bit in the middle of the match for the first time. But, but Rude has that Bjorn Bjorg, like, are you a cyborg? kind of like chill and then he was I joked afterwards after hearing him speak and like starting his his thank you with like a 9-11 tribute I was like okay my prediction for Rude is he's going to win four grand slam titles in his career and then uh, become uh, prime minister of Norway so you heard it here first folks well you read it on my Twitter yesterday if you follow me on Twitter and you're among the nine percent of people that follow me that actually see my stuff um but u.s open i i feel sad we watched the whole finals last night and then watched house of the dragon but i always feel sad when it's over because it's not really over for them because they like it's only f- four months till the australian open but it does but in terms of majors it's like this big gap and i'm not a big tennis network guy but i just feel like oh that's it like, as soon as the finals are over, I'm like, I'd like to see more tennis. What's that? No more tennis? Boo. Um, and if uh, just an update on the gambling and JL Jinx. I placed a $200 bet on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to happen, but I had logic behind it, which was that they have a strong defense, which, as we all know the cliche, wins championships. So they have a legitimately strong defense, and they drafted a quarterback in the first round for the first time since Ben Roethlisberger. Kenny Pickett from, I believe, University of Pittsburgh, who I think was good in the preseason. Now, they opted to start their free agent, Mitch Trubisky, um, who's kind of a joke because I think he was picked right before Patrick Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think that's worked out too well. Um, But I figured maybe the rookie quarterback comes in and, like, before the league kind of figures out his tendencies through film – what if he just electrifies shit for like 10 weeks and all of a sudden the Steelers are like, hey, we're 11-4 and four and we have a chance at the division and then all of a sudden you're in the playoffs and you just have to get a couple lucky bounces and maybe get the right matchups. But they are plus 9,000 to win the Super Bowl when I made that bet. So $200 on the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the Super Bowl, as unlikely as it clearly is, would win me $18,000. Um, so hashtag prayers for Pittsburgh. Um, and Kenny Pickett. And, of course, what happens in week one? They pull an upset on the Cincinnati Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl last year. So I'm like, great. And then I read the article, and I go, T.J. Watt, defense, reigning defensive player of the year for the Steelers, had a pectoral injury. Great. The JL jinx strikes again. Um, so I'm sorry, Pittsburgh, for betting on you. Um, hopefully you get through this and you win the Super Bowl, and we'll all be happy. Um, but if you don't, I'll take the blame. I won't blame the fact that you were picked to be one of like the seven worst teams in the league. I will take the blame. But that's it. That's your gambling update. That's your uh, U.S. Open roundup. And uh, your update on the special that shall not be named until it is ready to be named. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll, I'll be back in an, uh, I'll be back for the free people uh, in October. But I'm going to take a few weeks off of this podcast because I just, 
it'll eventually devolve into shit I don't want to talk about. And I'm already pledged to you. I won't talk about it until it's ready. So uh, thank you for listening. Be sure to join with the Patreon. If, if, you, if you are not yet, give it a try. I think you'll find that you enjoy lots. and I mean, I'm really cranking out a lot of stuff over there because that's what I do when I'm bored. I make comedy. But uh, also, if you're not, be sh- you can go check out Making Podcasts Great Again um, while that still exists. So thank you. I hope you uh, have a nice week, everybody. I hope uh, thoughts and prayers legitimately, not just passively, uh, to those uh, lost and those who lost on uh, 9-11. 21 years, it's like a long time ago, but it doesn't feel that long. So um, that's it. That's that's what you want out of a comedy podcast. Um, Jail, how can you make your podcast even more dreary? How about a sign-off about 9-11? Perfect. Okay, guys. Be well. Be safe. And uh, I will see you in a few Tuesdays. How about that?